0: Recorded live.
1: Thank you this evening to those that are tuning in to DYRP Mr. Mark Sermons. And we're going to go ahead and cover uh, part two or a little bit more in depth. We were reading from Numbers 22, was that chapter? Numbers 22. And we're going to go over the lesson. But first, we're going to open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the breath that you give us, Lord. We thank you for everything that you've supplied, our needs and our wants, even if it's for some situation. Lord, we pray for no technical difficulties, no devices of the enemy, and we pray, Lord, that your people will be blessed by your word. Lord, increase as I decrease so that I can deliver it the way you have assigned me to do so, Lord, and I pray that I can Proceed with what you've asked me to do on this lesson And that your people will be able to hear it And receive it And go ahead and apply it in their lives And I thank you in Jesus' name I pray Amen All right So again um, Thank you for tuning in here In the new year To talk about Numbers 22 When you give your life to God Do not attach any strings or conditions to it. We serve and follow a God of love. He's safely secured and we're safely secured in his arms without reservation. Knowing that his plan and the use of your life will be for better than our very own. Now, what we discussed last week, again, was with the prophet, Balaam who was being disobedient and our lesson again tonight is about do what God says and this is part two and so what we have to learn is an attitude of yieldness we are to yield to the Holy Spirit we are to yield to what God is showing us telling us submission we are to surrender it is necessary for the filling of the Holy Spirit, also God's Spirit. Now, looking at John six sixty three, speaks about flesh profits nothing. So, if you want to go back and read the full scripture, John 6, verse 63. Let's go over that because um, the flesh profits nothing. I have a couple different versions of the Bible. So let me go ahead and look that up with you. We're gonna to go to John six sixty three. Just bear with me to find that scripture real quick. Okay, John six. Alrighty. And sixty three. Okay. Looking at the NIV in John six sixty three speaks, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Wow. Let's look at another version. I'm going to go ahead and find God's word translation for John six sixty three Life is spiritual. Your physical existence does not contribute to that life. The words that I have spoken to you are spiritual. They are life. So, again, we're looking at the flesh profits nothing without the spirit, and the spirit which is of God gives us life. So, a spirit-filled Christian will be sensitive to the spirit's leading in all decisions. You can find a great example in Peter and John in Acts 3, also in Acts 4, verse 4. And what is basically telling us is to be available when the Holy Spirit leads. Do what the Spirit directs. And as we saw in Numbers 22 last week, Prophet Balaam listened to God, but he also listened to the king, and the king was willing to give him wealth, probably even status, and greed is what took over the actual need. And even when God said, go ahead and get up and go, he went. But then God also had an angel waiting there, and the donkey was able to see that transparent spirit and was trying to stop so that they would not be killed, as we learned last week. So therefore, one, we do have to be available when the Holy Spirit leads, and two, do what the Spirit directs us. So that's something we could have gathered from last week as well, and we definitely need in our lives this week or just in general. Now, some of us are tempted to hold back in some area from God, like a particular hobby, habit, from a person, a sin to keep us from being Spirit-filled. But God is a jealous God, meaning He will not share your affection for another that tops His or putting God first. We can see that in Exodus 20, verse 3, Luke 10, verse 27. Again, that's Exodus 20, verse 3, Luke 10, verse 27, if you want to later lift those up. Unconditional yielding to Him. We have to give 100%. Therefore, don't cheat yourself out of unlimited blessings by holding anything back from Jesus. The best bargain is that some will be challenged to look at another bargain, which is a profit. For money, wealth, fame, status, title, position are some areas instead of looking at what God wants us to profit for man, which is saving souls as believers. So let's look a little bit deeper into Numbers 22. Now, when we talked about the story of Salem, the Israelites had relocated to the plains of Moab near Jordan across Jericho. The king Balak noticed what the Israelites had done to the Amorites. He was also afraid of the Israelites due to their numbers. They were in many, and he was terrified of them. He was probably scared at when there's many, there's usually strength in numbers. So he's unsure what they were going to do if this was the case. So... Even though this is a king, someone high in power, he was unsure what could have taken place with this great number of Israelites. Balak, the king of the Moabites, sent for Balaam, he was known as a sorcerer, to put a curse on them, who? The Israelites. Balaam, the diviner, the sorcerer, during this time was a belief that he had knowledge, and was able to perform both curses and blessings. Sorcerers at that time were known to have power of the gods. With the use of magic, God would turn against his people, and neither did Balaam or Balaam know who they were messing with. And sometimes we do things in our own power, our own might, and we don't realize the power of God, the power of Jesus and what he is capable of doing in our lives. Sometimes things get turned around. We see failure. Uh, Sometimes we got to go through failure in order to see success. But sometimes God is going to put things in our path to either wake us up, to turn around, or hopefully to get it right before it's too late. So God did give the message to this prophet, Balaam, to be available for God to be used, even by this wicked king who plotted and wanted to accomplish his will in Egypt to actually kill the Israelites who were known as God's chosen people. You can find out more information in Exodus 10, verse 1. Balaam entered into this prophetic role But his heart was mixed, as we covered last week. It was wavered. He was double-minded. He had some knowledge of God. He dabbled into magic with his other things. So, therefore, you see that he knew God. He probably knew God's word, maybe well-versed in it. But he also dabbled into magic, sorcery, and, and other things that were not of God. So, therefore, he didn't wholeheartedly seek after God. And some of us are like that. We have our hands planted into businesses for profit, and then uh, we get in ministry, and we may mean well and know the word and preach the word, but instead we're just really milking our congregation out of money so we can get a new car, a new stadium or platform for our church and fix it up, expecting people to come to the church. But really the Bible tells us in Matthew 28, to go out and make disciples of Jesus Christ. So we are supposed to go, not expect people to come, and have our church homes or places looking like it's a club scene or or a big stadium type of environment, hoping people will come. Now, the story may lead you to believe he turned completely to God. Further in the passages, we clearly see that he couldn't resist Temptation He chose profit and idolatry, as we realize you can Also find it in numbers 31 Verse 16 Second Peter 2 Verse 15 And Jude 11 Again that's Numbers 31 Second Peter 2 15, verse 15 And Jude J-U-D-E 11 Now, God didn't allow Balaam to go with Balak's messenger, but he was angry, as we learned last week, of his greedy attitude. The prophet argued that he would not go against God for money, yet his greed for wealth offered by the king blinded him greatly. He clearly couldn't see how God was trying to stop him. So, easily, we can become blinded by our desires for money, for possessions, prestige, and we can avoid Balaam's mistake by looking past the allure of fame or fortune to the long-range benefits of following God. Now, at that time, as we kind of discussed, donkeys were used as vehicles, transportation, transportation. They were highly dependable during this time. So why Balaam became angry when his donkey refused to move. Ultimately, the donkey saved Balaam's life, but made him look foolish because Balaam, remember, lashed out on his donkey. Sometimes we strike out at blameless people who are in our way. We lash out at others, can become a sign that something is wrong with us. So we know that King Balak hired the prophet. That's another name today that we use is called hired hand. So some ministers, pastors and so forth are hired and paid to serve the church. But they're not gonna have that attitude or that same love for Christ for the church as someone that is doing it willingly and wholeheartedly for God. What I'm saying is sometimes people are hired to minister and to teach you, so they're gonna give you all the shouting, hooping and hollering, dancing around, because they know they're gonna get paid for that service. But it's, sometimes they're just a disservice. service because so their heart is not in it. They're not there to. Bob that even though the king had hired this prophet to curse the Israelites, he got blessed instead, and we looked at Numbers 22, verse 6, and verse 12. Demonstrates the hidden power of God. God's purpose worked out even by the nations and people who didn't worship or serve him. They were able to witness. God's power Now when we look a little Bit deeper into this
2: It's love and
1: confidence To serve God We can be Confident that he will guide our Paths he would keep Our eyes open for his leading Now the vintage Point is they Could see the Entire Israelite camp so, in Numbers 22, the story demonstrates one deception of maintaining an outward facade of spirituality over a corrupt, worldly life. So, what I'm saying here is some people can be fake and able to appear a certain way, and they're good at it that they are spiritual, they're religious, that maybe they shout and raise their hands and and do a whole performance, but really God and the Holy Spirit is not performing inside of them. And number two, what we can take from this is Balaam, a man ready to obey God's command long as a prophet or it benefited him. So again, sometimes we're into our own selfish motives, where we only follow what God is doing so that we can see how it benefits us or to make money. And number three, there's a mixture of motives, as we saw, whether he's going to obey or make this profit, which almost led to his death. So what I would leave with you is destroy any mask that cover up our real selves, it's time to unmask and take off your mask. Reveal your true self, your efforts to keep these appearances at work, at school, at home even, with your mates, with your loved ones, when you know you're really hurting inside or you're being deceptive and manipulative. Instead, confront that sin, repent, and do not return back to that sin. A lot of us are saying sorry, but we're truly not sorry for the things that we've said or done to someone else. And God will forgive us. He accepts us as we are. He will make us over. Please don't miss this opportunity. Talk to also add, when we're thinking about this prophet Balaam, he had a title, he had a calling, even a reputable, honored position, probably even highly respected in the land or had a great reputation, but no real relationship with God. It was not tight and right. Otherwise, the prophet would not have accepted money or tried to make a profit. Occurs of in his own people So there's a scripture That I thought about What profits a man And I remember Finding this scripture But I see I didn't write it down in my notes Oh, that's, I'll find it Because I know I looked this scripture up A couple weeks ago uh, Let's see where I wrote it down Okay, wonderful. It's in Matthew sixteen verse twenty six. Okay, we're we'll gonna look at that in a moment. But then I thought about a scripture in First Corinthians thirteen. It speaks about but not but have not love, it profits nothing. So we know that God is love, but if we don't have love, it profits nothing. So if you're doing ministry and you feel it's work and it becomes tiresome for you and you become stressed, frustrated, disappointed, what other feelings you may have, you may want to go talk to God and make sure that you're doing what you are called to do or your purpose and fulfilling it gladly, happily, willingly. submit, do it. Don't complain about it. Don't murmur about it. Be grateful that God has given you this opportunity to share with others his message, his word. His word is life. And then I also looked at Titus 3, verses 8 and 9. Uh, Between these two scriptures, it talks about profitable for everybody and then how it's unprofitable. Or there's certain controversies that you go through, um, quarrels about the law and arguments and debates and dealing with legal and that are useless and not profitable. See, that's our problem. A lot of times we're looking at things that are not important, at least not to God, such as debating over, well, I serve this God or I go to this congregation and I believe in this uh, denomination, in these quarrels about the law itself and our legalities, and um, a lot of us call it legal jargon, and we're arguing over things that are just so unnecessary. It doesn't profit a man. It doesn't profit anybody. Okay, so we're going to turn to Matthew 16, verse 26. Um I also found the parallel scriptures that are in Mark eight thirty six and Luke nine twenty-five. So let me go ahead and uh find these scriptures for you. Okay, let's see. Uh I'm looking for Matthew sixteen. Okay. And verse twenty six. We're going to talk about this for a moment. Okay, I'm in God's Word. What good will it do for people to win the whole world and lose their lives? Or what will a person give in exchange for life? The Son of Man will come with his angels and his Father's glory. Then he will pay back each person based on what each person has done. I guarantee this truth, some people who are standing here will not die until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And I know a lot of us may fear death, and we rather wait for Jesus to return back. It sounds great, but just in case, let's make sure we got Jesus in our hearts from the start. Amen. All right, now I'm going to look at the New King James Version, verse 26 of Matthew 16. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And today this question was, what is it worth to you? Think about that. Sometimes people want things and you got to ask, what is it worth? What are you willing to pay for it? But see, God, the Son of Man, Jesus, will come back in his glory with his angels and he will reward each according to its work their works. But surely I say to you, some standing here, they will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Okay. And then as I stated, you can also look at it in Mark eight, thirty six, and also Luke nine, twenty five. Let's go ahead and turn to Luke, that that particular version. And again it's Luke 9 verse 25 What profit is it a man If he gains a world and himself Destroyed Or lost For whoever is ashamed of me And my words of him The son of man will be ashamed When he comes in his own glory And in his father and the holy angels Wow. So that one says, you know, even if you be destroyed, it's not lost. So the prophet Balaam was a hired hand, hired staff, but the new King James version calls it a hireling. You can also see John 10, verse 13. All right. So let's look at John 10 so we can kind of understand this a little better. John 10 verse 13 Is in my notes Oh, so it says read 11 Through 16 Verses 11 through 16 It speaks about Hold on For a moment um, Okay Alright so up the scripture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf chases or catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling. He doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And am known by my own, as the Father knows me; even so know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold; them also I might bring, and they hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. So what this is saying is that we know Jesus is our good master our good father, good shepherd. A shepherd is someone that watches over his people, his members, his flock. Um, And he's saying that he gives life. He offers his life, which is salvation. A hireling, again, is a hired staff is another term. And there's somebody that don't care about the people. They see danger coming, which is the wolf. So if they see danger or, or let's say something bad is about to happen to the people in the congregation, like let's say that one incident where the young man came in with a gun and want to shoot people, that person's going to flee. They're not going to try to protect the people in the church. They're not going to try to speak or talk their way out of it. They're gone. So anytime they see danger, they're fleeing or they're leaving. And so, therefore, this danger will scatter the sheep. People are lost. People are confused. They don't know where to go, who to turn to. And so, again, this hired hand flees because they don't care. They were only getting paid for their work, for their service. So the Lord is letting us know he's that good shepherd. He knows his people, or sheep is the um, analogy Uh, or parable that Jesus is using here. And he says his father knows him, and he's willing to lay down his life. As we know, he died upon the cross so that we could be saved. He's also telling us that even those that don't know Christ, that's when it says, which are not of this fold, these are other sheep, meaning other people. He says he hopes to bring them, and if they will hear his voice, they will be attracted to Jesus. And we will all become as one flock or one unit because we're following Jesus as believers. So we all become believers of Jesus Christ, is another way of looking at that. So, once again, you got higher staff, 10 to the people in church. They're noted as sheep, symbolically, believers of Christ. But again, this higher staff is only paid to do a service for. Um, something in return of course but a real pastor or teacher would tend to the believers in love a shepherd is also known as a pastor means he owns the sheep meaning he watches over them he's committed to them he teaches he preaches and Jesus isn't doing none of this for money for a task but he's committed to us he loves us he sacrificed his life for us so any false prophets and teachers do not Have this same commitment Anyone that's hired Will not have this same commitment Jesus' mission Was to save Us The whole world He died so that we may have life And life more abundantly Don't limit Jesus' love And his blessings That come upon you so I thank you for tuning in and being with me live and this hour and those, that I pray that you will be blessed by this lesson. Again, we covered Numbers 22, and I'll end this out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have spent in your word. I thank you, Lord, that this message may flourish in the hearts of many men and women and even children our youth today, Lord. I pray that we will continue to seek you and your word. I pray, Lord, that we learn to commit to you and only you surrender and submit our lives unto you, Lord, and do things more willingly and not for wealth or greed or fame or titles or status, Lord. But I thank you that the ears were able to hear and our hearts were able to mend and our minds were able to comprehend, understand, and Gain the wisdom that we need, Lord, so that we can apply these applications in our daily lives. And I thank you, Lord, for these blessed souls. I thank you, Lord, for your love for each and every one of us, that we can go forth and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Continue to do your work. Continue to use the gifts and talents that you instilled in each and every one of us, Lord. I pray for a special healing if anyone's not feeling well. I pray that over your bodies right now that you will feel the holy presence. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing with this ministry, DYRP, and those that are listening, Lord, and that they may be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for each one of you that has tuned in. And um, I'll go ahead and open up the lines if you have any comments or um, questions. Or may need prayers, but if you do need prayers, I will have to probably stop the recording. But if you just want to give comments, or um, you're welcome to do so in this hour.
0: (laughs) And good evening. How are you doing today?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for tuning in, Brother Michael.
0: And thank you for reminding me.
1: That's okay.
0: Appreciate that. Uh, but you know what? I'm looking at something, too, that that you mentioned last week about how mm. the king had told the prophets, said, look here, anybody that you bless will be blessed. And anybody that you curse will truly be cursed. That means that yeah. man was operating under some type of uh, the anointing, but yet still he was, how you call it, skipping around in and out of service. So, But, like, today, God ain't playing that kind of stuff. So I'm just looking at how a lot of people keep going back into how some of the older prophets and and people did back then and trying to justify their misdoing and misdeed today. And I think that we should hold fast to what God is telling us in this hour, especially, you know what I mean, for our salvation.
1: That is very well said. I agree. Yes, you're right. But see, we're bargaining on God's grace, and we feel Mm -hmm. like, oh, he'll continue to cover me in my mess. And you're right. We need to not be blinded. That's what this story is about. It's a time for repentance. It's a time owning up, admitting our mistakes, admitting that we were doing it for money or for fame or for status. And Really realize, you know, why we even came to Christ in the first place and what our mission is once we are believers. And I just thank God for this word, like how I happened to just stumble across Numbers 22, and I realized we have to do what God says.
0: Amen. And And you know, if you notice, we're still not doing it though. That's the bad part about it. Well, if we go go scripture. if we go through the Word of God, scripture by scripture, and just take note of some of the things where God said, do this or don't do that,
1: we're like, but mm-hmm.
0: well, I've been doing this all the time. But This is how I do it. And they keep going. Right. Yeah. right.
1: That's
0: uh, true. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Thank you for the message and thank you for, you know, like I re-, re redoing these things. So that's good.
2: Amen. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello, Adrena. Thank you oh. for calling me 10 minutes early and reminding hi, me Lady I tried to. Hi. Hi, Brother Michael. God bless you. I wanna Thank s- you. I want to share a testimony with you. I've been obedient with God, and God has had my back with all the angels. Um, I was uh, Friday the 13th, which is January the 13th. I experienced something that was very, very, very scary, but I wasn't scared because God took my fear and made it into faith. And this lady had bumped my car, and I got out of my car and said, you bumped my car, and she said, oh, I didn't feel anything. So I didn't argue with her. I just kept on going. I made a left left turn. My hood blew up in the air. I have never experienced that with my car. And my sister has experienced that maybe 30, 40 years ago, but um, that was not a good feeling. And so while I was driving with my hood up in the air on 76th Street, and that's a busy street, um, a lady behind me was flicking her 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 lights to protect me. So that was one of God's guardian angels to let me know, Diane, you're still with me. So that just makes my faith stronger. So I had to look underneath the roof you know and drive and i'm 63 and a half that wasn't an easy experience so it the girl said she came out she said you okay i said yes i'm fine but trying to pull the hood down on the right side was so hard what happened it messed up the other side but i pulled it down and then it flew up again about a minute later so god said look under the hood take a left, get off of 76th Street because this lady can't be watching you forever. I'll watch you. So I made a left, and I got into one of those regular streets, small streets, you know, where it's, you know, a decent area, and I turned around and just parked my car so I don't have to worry about nobody hitting me. So I slammed it down again, and I pulled up on it to make sure it's not going to fly up in the air again, and I noticed it damaged the right side of the top of my hood real, really where I'm going to have to have somebody professionally hammer it because I can't take a hammer and do it. But I said, I, the main thing hit me is thank you, Lord, that you had your angels watch over me. And the Holy Spirit was inside me to guide me to do the right thing. And I, did not, I was not afraid for some strange reason. But I'm getting like a after-reflex now. I haven't drove for about a week since then. But it didn't hit me then. The fear was faith. And so I just thank God that he made it where I drove on home, got back on 76th Street, and got home within less than five minutes. And um, I'm just thankful that I'm alive and I'm still here. Satan cannot take me out because I just told Amen. him behind off yesterday that um, I'm stomping on you and God's got my back and he can't stand it, you know. So I just want you all to pray for my mother. She's under the weather because I usually call the three-way with her, but she's in pain right now. She's got that, what you call that, um, you know, when you have measles and it comes back on you when you get older. She's had it twice. And um, what do you call it?
1: Jingles.
2: Yeah, she's got it shingles twice on her face on the right side, and she said what causes somebody burned her when they was doing her hair and it it, it flared up, and then she also tried to shave a little of her gray hair, and it 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 flared up again. So pray for Maxine Battle, Mother Maxine Battle of the Church of First Corinthia Baptist Church, and pray for my cousin also Ricky Battle. He's in the hospital because he had a bad seizure. So just pray for them in Jesus' name, because I pray every day for everyone, and God blesses me all the time through near-to-death experiences, because he know I don't want to die until I fulfill what he wants me to do in this world before I go so I can go to heaven. And I say amen to that, and thank you a lot, Dreena, for your preaching, because... I was laying here relaxing and said, let me get off the speakerphone and put it in my ear so I can hear it loud and clearly. And um, it's a blessing that God brought you back to doing this because it really, when you, when you reach out and touch souls, it heals you as well. So I just want to say a small prayer. God bless all of us that's listening, those that could not listen, to touch their hearts, minds, bodies, and souls. To the top of your head, to the bottom of your feet, the blood of Jesus just anoints you inside out, that Satan cannot touch you with a ten foot ten foot oh, by the name in the name of Jesus, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you
1: both for tuning in. I greatly appreciate. It. I probably others forgot as well, but again, the archives will be available. You may want to mark your calendars, uh, February 3rd, I believe it is, or uh, two weeks from now, Friday. We're going to have Reverend Eddie Wiggins will be joining us. He will be speaking on a topic dealing with love. Um, There's a particular, I guess, group of people we have disowned or let go, uh, don't want to be bothered with type of thing, and he really wants to speak. To those group of people And as believers How we're supposed to treat These groups of people And he has a really great uh, Sermon to share with us So again uh, He's going to be speaking on love A topic on love uh, February 3rd I believe it is So you can tune back in If the time changes I will make note of it And let you both know as well But at this time it is 745 Eastern 645 Central 445 Pacific until further notice. So we'll be having him next month. Okay? So thank, thank you for you. tuning in here Amen. on DYRP, Mr. Mark sermon. Amen. Amen.